0: You know what time of year it is, right? It's basketball season. Every basketball fan knows Christmas time brings us some of the most exciting matchups of the season. This Christmas DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA, is making the most wonderful time of the year even better by putting big cash prizes under the tree. New customers, make your first deposit and play free for millions. Playing daily fantasy hoops is easy. All you gotta do is pick up your lineup of ballers, stay out of the salary cap and rack up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assisted, and more. And with a free shot, add millions of dollars in teleprizes. Taking in the NBA action this week will certainly be jolly. DraftKings is safe, it's secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit or draw your cash whenever you want. So do me a favor. You know how much I love the NBA, how much I love college basketball, how much I love basketball. That's why I listen to this podcast. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code WMVP. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in teleprizes. prizes. So enter promo code WMVP to play free for millions with your first deposit. This Christmas, Only at DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: I, I know the leagues, I know the teams. I know these players i know this wonderful game called football <laughs> it's time for value bet oh this is when the queen rises to the top this is when things
2: get hot the
0: largest sports wagering angles you need to know
3: stats records rankings weather if the goal post is tilted just a little bit value bet
0: on chicago's home for sports espn 1000 you can bet your children's Unborn children! Children! On these six games!
3: Value Backs is America's premier sports information program. Here's Jonathan Hood.
0: Time for Value Bet with me, Jonathan Hood, saying what's up to the Under the Hood basketball podcast listeners as well. It's a cross-section. Value Bet is when we hilk you up an opportunity for you to put some money in your pocket for Christmas. I've been waiting for this, right? This week, on Saturday, we'll get our NBA games. Oh, I enjoy it so much. Every year, I'm able to relax, eat, relax, sleep, relax, put my, <laughs> put my nice shoes on, and just watch the NBA all day. Hawks and Knicks, Celtics and Bucks, Warriors and Phoenix Suns, Nets and the Lakers, the Mavericks and the Jazz. Man, it's going to be great. So I'm going to call my guy Gilles Gallant from FTNBets.com. He is a wizard when it comes to NBA, and I'll tell you where you should put your money. For the NBA Christmas Day games and also take a look at the odds to win the NBA championship. Is it Brooklyn, even though Kyrie's not there? Is it the Warriors when Clay comes back? Who's gonna win the NBA championship? Let me call Gilles Gallant from FTNbets.com and enjoy our conversations. We talk NBA as far as gambling. Who should we put our money on for the Christmas Day games? Let's find out. And there he is everybody, Jill Gallant from Ftnbets.com. As we have our conversation about the Christmas Day games, go to Ftnbets.com and Jill joins me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN Chicago. Jill, as always, man, happy holidays. How are you?
3: I'm great man. Thank you for uh bringing me on. I hope it's not uh too cold and windy in Chicago these days, but uh I mean with the way the Bulls have been playing lately, uh, I can't imagine you
0: have too much to be complained about. No, it's been great, man. It's really been great. So, here's what we discover about basketball. You know, if you're able to get uh you know, two-point conversions, if it goes in, that counts too. If you're Jamar DeRozan, (laughs) right? Like, we come to find out that, boy, the NBA's not just threes and layups. You could actually get buckets by just shooting from the foul line extended. That's amazing.
3: Who knew that defending the perimeter was an actually a solid strategy for a team? And, uh, you know, when you bring in guys like Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso in uh, to be able to kind of shoulder that load and let guys like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan go to work on the offensive side, uh, you're seeing it pay dividends. And even, like, when you traded for Nikola Vucevic, who hasn't even really probably played his best basketball yet in a Bulls uniform, uh, it's only optimism right now uh, if you're a Chicago
0: Bulls fan. or At least it should be. Jill, I know... Well, I'll ask you, do you have a list of MVP candidates for the NBA? Because I know DeRozan should be on there, but I know it's not sexy enough for, for some gamblers. And I get it, but I will tell you that for sure, more so than Zach Levine, like DeRozan is the MVP of the Bulls. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but so far, so good.
3: Yeah, I think that's a fair that's a fair assessment. Um I think he has a lot of competition in front of him uh to be able to uh to move into that top 3 top 5 just because if you look at the top four, uh, let's just use the top five, for example, of the guys who are right, right now listed for MVP. You've got Stephen Curry, who obviously has the narrative of being, you know, the greatest three-point shooter of all time, just breaking the record, and the Warriors have one of the best records in the league, and then you have Kevin Durant right behind him, you know, leading the NBA in scoring, essentially carrying that team that has just been ridden with COVID, and then Giannis playing his classic two-way play and still just playing great, even though there was a little bit of a struggle to start the season. Then, of course, reigning MVP Nikola Jokic, which not a lot of people are talking about, having another stellar season, and Joella Abid might still be the best big man in the league. So this is the one thing about DeRozan, who, has, as a Raptors fan, I'm very familiar with, uh, one of my favorite Raptors of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just difficult for me to uh, say that he's a legit candidate because I'm not 100% certain from a narrative standpoint you can just pin the full turnaround on DeRozan's shoulders as being like the most valuable player. That being said, I don't want to shortchange his impact in Chicago. He has been incredible and is probably one of those contracts that I've kind of. I don't want to say I criticized, but I definitely wasn't a fan of the contract in the offseason. I just thought he was a little bit older. I thought the team was kind of going more towards the youth movement. Uh, and he's been the elder statesman and he's held it down for them, especially now having that kind of depth when uh, Zach Levine does go down with like an injury or just like, you know, you're, you're not feeling the pressure uh, when that happens because you know that you have a, a true professional scorer like DeMar DeRozan ready there to uh, take over in the closing minutes of games.
0: By the way, as we talk about Christmas Day, I look forward to this day so much, not just because it's Christmas, but because it's NBA all day. It's great, right? So you could just spend, like, maybe one of the middle games. You go to the in-laws or go to family, and then you pick it right back up again and watch the league, right? So I, I look forward to this, but I will ask you. Don't you think that there's a difference between, like, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas as far as what you serve? Because I think Christmas, it's not specific to, like, turkey or roast or ham or whatever. Like, Christmas, I mean, I could do tacos for Christmas, right, and still have a really good day.
3: Well, I think the one thing, too, is, is the public perception, right? Like, Thanksgiving the public perception is that you always have turkey like it's almost kind of weird if you were to meet a family or somebody like well our tradition is that we make our own pizzas like be like okay well that, that i mean i guess that's uh, okay like again it's more of like about the the history of i guess the holiday and whatever else and just also gathering with families but but with christmas it's open market you could do whatever you want I mean, the one thing about christmas that's so great is that traditions are different from house to house so um when you hear about some of these ideas of like oh we make tacos uh, all as a family together or we do this it's more about bringing the family together because you know that you're not going to go anywhere whereas whereas like with thanksgiving it's almost like uh you can't wait to maybe leave you know sometimes right. you know with the, the way
0: that the, the gathering goes <laughs> oh man yes the criticism of wait you talk sports for a living what's that like oh don't start okay we're doing just fine thank you right
3: uh, for me, it's more, oh, you talk about betting for a living, and they'll just bring up some random team out of nowhere and be like, how are those guys doing? Like, you know, kind of thing. And I'm just like, uh, you know, they're, they're doing all right, you know? And I just kind of, I'm not sure how deep I want to get into the weeds with, with betting odds and, you know, and stuff like that for somebody who is has no intention of betting or, you know, probably I think they're just being nice and just wanting to know kind of how my job is going and that I'm okay. And that's and that's part of the gathering of family. So I'm already predicting those conversations to happen with in-laws and uh, aunts and uncles. uh, if uh, we get to see them here over this holiday break
0: Jill, um, uh, I want to ask you about betting, knowing that uh, Mm COVID-19 and its new strain has been able to rear its ugly head again uh, how difficult or how challenging has it been for you specifically when you don't know what players are available? There's players coming up the scrap heap. All of a sudden, Joe Johnson has a job again in the league. Lance Stevenson's <laughs> back. I mean, you know, uh, T.L. Cabrero's back. I mean, it, there's a lot of names that we haven't seen in a long time getting in the mix. So how difficult has it been to be able to bet knowing that some players may not play? Well, it, it's quite
3: difficult uh, right now. Uh, a couple of days before, and it's probably going to be difficult right up until uh, the evening of the twenty fourth, because most sports books uh, they they just can't risk the liability. They've taken most lines off the board, uh, especially for these games like uh, like a Nets Lakers, for example, like you don't or a Hawks Knicks uh, at this stage, just on Wednesday, and I imagine we're not going to have answers for those right up until Friday, maybe even early Saturday morning, of whether or not key star players are going to play, and that directly. Impact impacts spreads and totals and player props and you know like if a Kevin Durant doesn't play for the Nets uh in this primetime game against the Lakers like you're gonna see a trickle-down effect across the board uh for every single betting market and that's but it's not necessarily the same for uh Joe Harris like you know what I mean like right. you know guys like that who not necessarily on the COVID list but if he was to go on the COVID list you're not gonna really see you know too much of an impact from a, a betting market standpoint of where the money is going but when you see a guy like Trey Young being out uh, or you know Kevin Durant or entering protocols or even just uh it was recently announced like Luka Doncic is now in in protocols you can't help but think that the teams that are getting uh the, the players that who are fresh coming off of those type of protocols um, are probably going to be a little rusty because uh, they're not able to practice like routinely. They're not able to play games. And so you can't help but think that they're going to come into this kind of game uh, being a little bit shortchanged on what they can do. So as a result, I think the best way to do it, and this has been uh, something that I've been kind of preaching on uh, social media it's about taking unders uh, in Christmas Day games because um, I think if any of these games that we see, like uh, let's say Nets Lakers right now, uh, a few weeks ago the line was like at 233 and mm-hmm. a uh, half, predicting that all players that we know will play. Well, if Kevin Durant isn't playing and then it's at 225, uh, for example, I'm probably taking the under because I can't see the Nets putting up more than like a hundred points with that roster. Um, and James Harden, for example, he's also on the, the COVID list protocol. So again, I think one of the things you have to almost look at is, uh, trying to, uh, make quick judgments on, uh, where the spreads are going to be heading into Christmas day under the idea that certain star players are not going to be on the floor, um, easier said than done not it's very difficult for me even at this stage because again we're working with information that is uh changing uh sometimes by the hour uh so you kind of have to just uh look at the historical marks and maybe kind of default to that so like for example Uh, this is stuff that we've tracked uh, since like 1993 Um, in a total of uh, uh, 95 Christmas Day games since 1993, 52 of them went under so that's a 59% uh, percentage of uh, games going under just since 2018, 11 of 20 games have gone under. Uh, It's been consistently hitting at 55% or closer to like 60% pretty much since the early 90s, like when I started first watching basketball, (laughs) you know what I mean? So uh, so to me that's kind of one trend that maybe i would be looking at uh if you're maybe looking at two sides and you feel like you could justify both sides coming out victorious maybe the best way to do it is just like you know what i'm just going to default to the under and think that this is going to be a defensive matchup with players that just aren't talented enough to hit some big shots and uh the other thing that i would say too is uh really take advantage of teams playing at home on christmas day because um since uh really we've been tracking christmas day games in the 93 94 season like uh home teams are 57 and 38 they're hitting at 60% on the money line and at 56% on the spread last year for example uh during the christmas day games favorites went 5 and 0 against the spread a couple of them were double digit spreads too so um keep that in mind, like kind of when you're looking at these Christmas day games is that maybe just kind of maybe defaulting towards favorites uh, and favorite spreads. Maybe you wanted to do like a money line parlay. Maybe that might be something that you could look at, uh, but you're going to have to be, you're going to be kind of limited with the options that you have probably right up until Christmas Eve in the evening.
0: Jill, just so we have uh, confirmation of this say for instance, um, that you were able to place bets on these Christmas day games ahead of time. A lot of mm-hmm. this stuff was available on opening night as a matter of fact that because, it was so so i wonder are the books going to honor that knowing that there's going to be a change of players can you still get locked in on your number
3: i mean it depends on the book uh, most of them will just because it's kind of a fair play bet in a sense like you bet that in september uh you know that's on them for putting that line out at that stage um I think it's more along the lines of if you bet like a player prop, which most player props aren't available. But let's say there's some books and there's some out there that you're betting on uh, who will be the highest scoring player, for example, on uh, Christmas Day, and you bet on Kevin Durant. Most of those books would not – be like okay that's a loss they'll just avoid your bet and give it back kind of thing but uh the people who took advantage against some of these totals that were in like the 230s um they're the shrewd bettors right now so those people are uh are uh living large and smiling can't wait for christmas day to watch uh, a lot of inefficient basketball
0: you know what i'm looking at, yes it, it, it definitely is so you know what i'm i've circled is the warriors and sons and of course mm-hmm. i'm watching the COVID list as we record this we'll see what's available on christmas day but You know, if if Steph Curry is available and Devin Booker's available, this will be at the Footprint Center in Phoenix. This should be, again, very entertaining, and I'm leaning suns for this, no matter what happens.
3: It's probably a solid bet, especially because, again, teams playing at home on Christmas. The other thing, too, I don't know if you've known this, uh, just to go back and look at how Steph Curry has performed on Christmas Day games, because he's actually played in quite a few in his career. He's uh, played, uh, let me just double check here, yes, it is correct that he's played in eight games. If I told you that in eight career Christmas Day games that Steph Curry averaged only 13.1 points per game, wow. you would just be like, no, that can't be correct. Like your, your math is awful. It's like, no, he has yet to top 20 points in a Christmas Day game that he's ever played in. And think of some of those teams that he was playing with in 2016, 2017. Um, last year, for example, uh, they played um, – Pretty much got blown out in that game. Um, he scored uh, 18 points. Like So again, it's just one of those things that like, I, I'm i with you that I'm not 100% certain that I feel like the Warriors will be up to snuff and performing um, when it comes to playing against the Suns, who are a very formidable team and a very formidable team at home. Um, a couple props, though, that I do like, and props, uh, player props that I would be specifically looking at or asking people to look for when they come out on Christmas... Uh, Or maybe even Christmas morning uh, Two players, specifically Cameron Johnson uh, With the Suns And Pat Connaughton with the Milwaukee Bucks And their two props that you want to be looking at Are their three-point props so Pat Connaughton has kind of emerged and I never would think this with him coming out of Notre Dame and, you know, and, and uh, playing in Portland for a couple of years. And then with uh, Milwaukee, um, that he was going to be anything other than just like a hustle guy. But he's become a certified sniper for them. Like he is averaging right now. Um, like, so one of the things that I love to do when I bet three point props is I like to look at the shot chart and just to see like what the percentage of threes that somebody takes. So, for example, Steph Curry. He takes 25 shots a game, but 15 of them are from three. So he's one of those guys who's up there when it comes to like 70% of his shots coming from behind the arc. Mm -hmm. Well, the guys that are right behind him are guys like Pat Connaughton and Cameron Johnson. And Pat Connaughton, if you go look, he's taken 285 shots this year. 200 of them are from behind the arc. All he does is shoot threes. And they always said his over-underline. one and a half or two and a half and you can get usually plus money on the over so and he usually hits like at least three per game so uh the books have not auto corrected on this yet and i've been taking advantage of this whenever i can uh to get it at plus money and then the same thing also goes with cam johnson in relation to the Suns and warriors game cam johnson is right now their best three point shooter even though he takes probably two shots less than uh like a mikhail bridges uh or uh or uh, a Cameron Payne, for example, but he's hitting at like 45%, and nearly 60% of shots are from behind the arc. So, in order to hit three point props, they got to take three point shots and uh those two guys right now are the guys that I've been cashing on since the NBA finals last year and I'm going to try to
0: do it again on Christmas day god you're such the prop god you really are even for the NBA you're a prop god it's great cuz this is great this is this is great advice because of the uncertainty of what's going on in the NBA and I can look at individual players as you mentioned and again it's all on uh, ftnbets.com your column about this you know you you mentioned about Steph Curry but then like There's LeBron James, right? LeBron's already been through the protocol. He's available, and he's been red hot. 25 points uh, so far in Christmas Day games, which is amazing. I'm thinking that he can dominate against a lesser Nets team, especially if KD's not back by Christmas. So this would be another big platform for him. I'm definitely looking at him as a prop bet.
3: Yeah, you'd be wanting to look at his three well the one thing that's been changing about LeBron and I mean this is somebody that I think we've all followed him since uh he came into the league. We're actually the same like nearly the same age. So I've been basically following him since he's come into the NBA and this is actually the season that he's taken the most three-point shots in his career like average like he's averaging like around like 6.7 threes per game. That's like two more than his normal career average. Um, And it's because of just his, his athleticism is just not where it used to be. Right. So obviously he's going to maybe conserve himself a little bit and try to get some points here or there, but he's never been the guy that scores less than 20 points and does the, you know, does like what I would say, like the Steph Curry almost kind of like no show on Christmas day. He's usually putting up at least 25, five and five. So if you can get a points rebound assist line, like maybe in the, I don't know. Probably in the 30, 34 to thirty five range. Um, I'd be looking at the over on that because he's going to probably have to put up some points as well. Because Westbrook is still just not fitting in with this offense. Anthony Davis is out. Um, you know he's going to be involved in trying to get more assists out to like guys like Carmelo and and just that's my thing right now is that with the way LeBron is trending up. In order for them to win on Christmas Day, he's going to have to have a vintage LeBron performance. And against that Nets team, if they don't have KD and Harden, um, I like my chances on the over.
0: So let's take a look at the odds to win the NBA championship. Um, So what I read from FTNBest.com is about the Nets being a plus 260. The Warriors being plus six hundred, Bucks plus seven hundred, Suns plus nine hundred. Now I'm not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe again with the Suns. Uh, this is <laughs> listen, Jill. That's enough of that, man. Like it's like like if you're going to resign, um, if you're going to resign Chris Paul, great. Yeah. But I would not play him until February. I mean, because that because at least I know he'll be healthy enough to play. Yeah, it I, may not
3: even it may not even matter, man. If you if you wrap him in bubble wrap the entire year, and then you saw it, they like he wasn't playing even huge minutes last year going into that first round against the Lakers, right. and he just got in the middle of a screen and bumped his shoulder, and you saw just him slowly fall apart as the playoffs sure. went on. So I, I'm with you, man. That that I the durability of Chris Paul is going to be the the deal breaker for the suns and if you don't feel great about it i i'm with you i'm not exactly enthused with it either
0: listen i run the risk of being wrong with my money and that's okay right because if if i don't believe uh, if you did not come through last year and everything was predicated on what chris paul does i just know just like the sun will rise in the morning that he'll be injured just like anthony davis right it's it's, it's the same thing Uh it's it's sad because he's a chicago guy that you you root for him but god man like all those aging veterans in the lakers and you're the the one that goes down i mean, I mean it's like you, you're they're depending so much on ad just to hold everything together and he goes down so it's just certain players so suns plus 900 I'm, I'm crossing them off now the next three with the nets the warriors and the bucks how strong do you feel about that plus 260 with the nets winning winning it all not at all, because
3: unless they have Kyrie Irving 100% in all of those games, they will not win the championship. You cannot play Kevin Durant 40 plus minutes and then not being able to call those certain fouls the way that James Harden was. And you've seen over the past like three years, and really since, uh, since the Warriors' dynasty has started, that James Harden is just not as effective in the playoffs as he is during the regular season. And um, I'm not willing to say that, like, everybody when they think of the Nets, they think of that first round playoff series against the Celtics where they just ran through them and it was just like you knew that that's the potential of what you get. But you're ba- like the way that that line is, is that you're playing it based on the idea that Kyrie is there. You're playing it that Harden doesn't pull his hamstring. You're playing that KD can make it through the season playing 40 minutes a game. So for me, I like the Warriors way better at plus 600, to be honest, man, because they haven't even reached their peak yet because we haven't got to see clay and james wiseman really that much yet so uh, and with curry kind of uh almost i don't want to say over the last month he's sucked because he hasn't because he's been he's still an incredible player it's just you could almost tell that he was uh, having that three-point prop or the three-point mark like on his brain like it was almost to the point like where it was like okay man like i know that you could shoot the three but do you have to take 18 threes a game you could have you know, you could have drove by that guy. Like, do you know, what I mean? like, you know, you know, <laughs> right. and, that, and, that, and that's been kind of my issue is that they've been kind of playing more to that style and trying to incorporate their rookies. And that's been good. And that's what the regular season is for. But when you have guys like a Clay Thompson, like another weapon like that, and then being able to incorporate a guy like James Wiseman as well, um, who can... Play against maybe potentially Don Ayton in a playoff series, or Rudy Gobert, or guys like that. Because even though I love Draymond, you know, and I know that he will show up when it matters in the playoffs, it gets to a point where being six seven is going to be an issue. Uh, you know, especially as we get you know deeper into the playoffs against like a uh, you know pretty much all the teams that are right behind them, like uh, the uh, the Bucks, the Suns, the Lakers, and then the Jazz. And to the heat to a lesser extent The heat are more depth dependent Than they are uh, talent dependent um, But uh, the Warriors And again like the fact that you can get them at Plus 600 and one of the reasons Why I keep bringing this up is Let's just think Think about the the NBA championship market In 2016 and 2017 With the Warriors Roster as it was without Kevin Durant You couldn't get them at better than plus 110 to win the title mm-hmm. Now you're getting Clay Thompson back you're getting James Wiseman back. They already have uh, at least the second best record in the West. They're going to probably have uh, home court advantage ex- pretty much throughout the entire uh, playoffs except for the conference finals. Um, so for me, you're getting what I consider legit value at plus 600 because once we get to the playoffs and once the Warriors knock off that first round opponent, whether it's, you know, uh, a Memphis or, a, you know, or a. Portland sneaks in and back doors, or maybe they have to play Dallas. It doesn't really matter. I'm just thinking of those kind of like mid-tier teams in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Once they knock that team off, those odds are going to be down to like plus 200 at best, maybe plus 250. So you're kind of just, if you're willing to just kind of put, let's say your units are $100, if you can just put $100 down and just be patient and just kind of wait until yeah. we get to the end of April, beginning of May when the playoffs start, you're going to be very happy that that futures ticket is in play.
0: Okay, so we have uh, crossed off the Lakers, the Suns. I'm, I've circled the Warriors because that's great logic, especially when when Clay returns. Wiseman is still young and raw, but you just like the athleticism and the size in there. Well,
3: the matchups potentially, right? Yeah. Because I'm just thinking like you can't put Draymond Green on. DeAndre Ayton, the entire time. You've seen it already in these matchups with the Suns and Warriors so far. And I mean, that first time that they played in Phoenix, for example, that had like a playoff feel and atmosphere. And you could see DeAndre Ayton just kind of doing whatever he wanted against them. And then once they went back to Golden State, um, he got a couple quick fouls and just wasn't as effective. But you could tell that. You know, the, the Suns are right there where they could exploit the Warriors as a result of that. So having a guy like Wiseman, having like Kevon Looney there, um, being able to have that kind of center depth to be able to combat um, DeAndre Ayton is going to be just as essential as uh, Clay, in my opinion.
0: So the Warriors represent the West, and that leaves one team left. The Bulls, plus 3,000. All right. Make your case. <laughs> there we go. Chicago. Tell us your thoughts, Jill. Chicago um, at plus 3,000. What a great bet.
3: I'll be honest, man, they're the two teams that I actually really like to come out of the East is both the Bulls and if they can get their crap together, the Hawks. Yeah. Because these are both two teams that have high end talent and depth and can play defense. Hawks to a lesser extent. The Bulls have actually, in my opinion, proved that. But the Hawks right now are struggling like the way they were at the start of last year. But if they can get it together, you know, they're sitting right now at 35, 35 to one or Bulls sitting at plus 3,000. I'm more thinking about these matchups like, OK, let's say the Bulls get into the second round. They're playing the Sixers, like, you know, just as an example. Yeah. Um, if there's no Ben Simmons on that Sixers team, the Bulls are going to win that series. Like there's only so much that Joel Embiid could do. Tobias Harris is just not the dude. So I can see it's just more about if we get to the conference finals and it's Nets Bulls or Bucks Bulls, let's just say your pricing of what the bulls will be to win the championship is going to be significantly less than plus 3000. It's probably going to be like five to one, 10 to one. So automatically you're getting value on your ticket and then you could potentially hedge, you know, if, uh, if the Bulls go up like one, like the way the Hawks did, like on the Bucks and the Sixers last year, where they go up one game, and all of a sudden you can get a little value on the Bucks to come back and win that series, you can get a little value on the Sixers to come back and win that series. So you have to almost kind of be ready to react on certain scenarios. And the Bulls represent a much more formidable ta- uh, challenge, or the Hawks rather, have a much more uphill battle uh, to get to the top of the East and make it to the, uh, the finals. Whereas I think the Bulls, especially where they are in the standings, will have a little bit more of an easier road, where their toughest matchup is going to come in the conference finals and it's going to come against either the nets or the bucks
0: jill it sounds like you're fading the bucks though it sounds like you see them as a one-off <laughs> win like when the, like the when the dallas mavericks won that one championship is that what but you're my, saying my, my thing
3: is it's not i'm fading them it's just i saw how vulnerable they were against a team that was better than them and that was the thing is that even that Suns series i almost feel like that could have went either way mm-hmm. like it, it, yes they did win and credit to them but I kind of felt like you know if the Suns had just played a little bit better of a game four at, uh, at uh, in Milwaukee um, or a game five rather the one that they lost uh, they they would have they probably would have won that series and then they just you know they choked in the last like minute or two Chris Paul had you know it wasn't even hurt he just had the the uncharacteristic turnovers just some really bad games I think my issue right now with the Bulls is that a lot of those guys outside of like Caruso. I mean, I suppose DeRozan's played in a couple conference finals himself, but not really a lot of playoff experience on that team, right? And I guess you could have said that same thing about the Hawks the year before. But I think that's the one thing that I feel like with the Hawks, we get the we get into a fully bro- a full roster and we get into a playoff series. I trust the Hawks to have that experience and the talent to be able to overcome a team. Let's say if the Hawks and Bulls were playing each other in a, in a playoff series, the only reason why I would maybe default to the Hawks over the Bulls is simply just experience, but. The Bulls have all the weapons and tools to be able to pretty much play any matchup in the East, outside of maybe a fully rostered Nets with Kyrie Irving and uh, and Kevin Durant, which I'm not really sure any team can match up with that.
0: Jill, anything else in the NBA that interests you? Uh,
3: honestly, the uh, the only thing I was going to say is I'm, I I love to fade Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year, and it seems to just kill me every time. <laughs> right. um, but again, he's sitting right now at plus two fifty. And I know that a lot of people are going to kind of want to grab, gravitate towards him as being the defensive player of the year. But for me, I feel like Giannis right now is still pretty good value at plus 800, just because he's having a lot of impact on these. And I, and I think, um, Draymond right now is the favorite and he's going to be the narrative favorite just because he almost gets a little bit more of a a narrative love because he's a little bit smaller than than a lot of these guys who are defending. But I just think that Giannis at plus 800 is still a very live bet to come back and win this because I just think Rudy Gobert, even though I think he's a fantastic defensive player. Uh, and I mean, I don't vote for these awards, but if I did, I just wouldn't vote on them in principle just because I'm tired of voting for them. And right. I, like, just you haven't improved defensively, in my opinion. You're the same defensive player that was that won it three years ago. You know what I mean? So um, that's kind of with this one. I'm just like, you know what? Giannis at plus 800, especially if the Bucks, somehow like kind of maybe go on a little bit of a run and maybe even take over first seed in the East, it's going to be hard to ignore because that's going to be the reason why they did it.
0: Jill, if I go to ftnbets.com. what would I find?
3: Well, you'll be able to find the latest betting news and information for all the four major sports, a lot of niche sports, too. We have a lot of awesome experts uh, that are giving uh, free uh, content uh, out for uh, betting angles, whether it be for NBA, NFL, NHL. uh, and then, of course, uh, my content as well. I like to post uh, uh, my favorite kind of underdog of the day called Dog of the Day. Uh, that's a very popular series mm-hmm. that I do. I do uh, weekly over under prop articles that I've had a lot of success with. And then, of course, you could be able to find me every Sunday at, uh, at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern on Bets TV, where I host a show called Touchdown Town uh, with my co-host, Brendan Deeg, where we give out our 10 best anytime touchdown bets for the 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern slate. Uh, it's been getting a lot of good reviews so far. I've been enjoying the show, and uh, I hope that more people uh, like and subscribe and want to come watch us Come watch us live at 11, 11 a.m.
0: Eastern. Yeah, well, I don't like the NBA or the NFL sticking their beak into my Christmas, but I understand. I, I thought that Roger Goodell and Adam Silver had a better understanding. This is supposed to be NBA Day on December 25th, and here comes the NFL sticking their beak in there. I mean, it'll be interesting to be able to have two channels on. I'll be watching the NFL and the NBA.
3: Oh, I'm just trying to get through Christmas and not get uh, murdered uh, by my wife for not paying attention to her and the kids because, uh, like, it just like duty calls and I have to go. You know, I'm covering NBA and then I'm covering NFL and then uh, I just I show her the pay stub and then she kind of lets it go. But at the same time, it's one of those things that uh, it's a
0: very. Stressful time, but in a great time at the same time. Well, Jill, uh, keep your phone on because I got to call you back because we got to talk about uh, NBA All Star props, and if we get a Major League Baseball season, for God's sakes, well, uh, we got to talk about you know what we can expect for the uh, Major League Baseball season for twenty twenty two.
3: You hit me up anytime, John. I'm happy to come on.
0: Hey, man! Happy holidays to you and your family.
3: Thanks a lot, Johnny. Take care.
0: Basketball is. Hood, it's time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, you've come to the right place. Ah, yes, the old combo platter, a little value bet getting you ready for the Christmas Day games and what's going to happen with the NBA championship. I'm trying to push for that plus 3,000, and now it's the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. See? It's two podcasts in one. Say what's up to the Cap and J-Hood Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast. You can find the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast exclusively on Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener, Go to Spotify, go to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, and boom, all the basketball content you need. College, pro, WNBA, it's all here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Thanks so much for being with me. As if you're still listening from Value Bet, we're just going to keep it rolling with more basketball content brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code WMVP for DraftKings. So... The Bulls game against the Raptors on the 22nd of December was postponed because of lack of players. So not only the Bulls game, and but also Thursday's Nets and Trailblazers contest had been postponed, uh, as well as Brooklyn and Toronto, that game as well, do not have the required eight players available for their games. COVID sucks. I don't care what anyone says. My opinion is that COVID or this new strain of COVID just sucks because it interrupts the flow of sports for me. Right. It's one thing that it's really horrible for our world and, and specifically our country. But then, as a sports fan, when I'm like, yeah, the Bulls have momentum, beat the Lakers, beat the Rockets, now let's see what happens against Toronto, and now it's postponed. And now we don't even know if we're going to get a game on December 26th against the Pacers. We'll find out. But you just knew that with this new strain that was coming in, that it would just interrupt things. Now, the one thing about Adam Silver, the um commissioner of the NBA, he told Malika Andrews, he's pretty clear. He's like, yeah, they're not going to have any interruptions. They're just going to keep plowing through and, because it's part of our lives now. COVID or what this new strain is of COVID. So um, that's the thing that's so unfortunate because all I want to do is be able to go to sporting events like I have in 2021. Uh, have a good time and kind of get our lives back. And then, of course, if there's not enough players, then this is what happens. It's crazy that the NBA is going back in time, even like five or ten years ago, and bringing players in just to replace some of the players that are on the COVID list right now. So it's amazing, but it's true. Adam Silver talking to Malik Andrews, he's pretty stern. Like he wants the NBA to continue. Let's go back to NBA Today and listen.
1: Are there any plans right now to stop or pause the season to allow for the spread to slow?
2: No plans right now to pause the season. We've, of course, looked at all the options. But frankly, um, we're having trouble coming up with what the logic would be behind pausing right now. As we look through these cases, literally ripping through the country right now, putting aside the rest of the world. Um, I think we're finding ourselves where we sort of knew we were going to get to for the past several months, and that is that this virus will not be eradicated, and we're going to have to learn to live with it, and I think that's what we're experiencing in the league right now. Well, so to
1: be clear, with Christmas Day approaching, there are no plans to pause or delay those games, but are are there any contingency plans that are being put into place now?
2: We, We need to talk for a few hours. To talk about the contingencies, so yes, I mean, I would say beginning from the day we initially shut down the league, you know, in in March of 2020, we've done nothing but look at contingencies, so of course we always have those, but at least as of now, um, our plan is to move forward, um, not just for the Christmas Day games, but there are another roughly 23 games scheduled um, between now and Christmas, and, you know, every day is a new day, You know, we we get the overnight testing, we look where we are in terms of our rosters and make our decisions. But at at least as I said, um, it seems for us that the right and responsible thing to do, taking all the factors into consideration, is to continue to play.
1: So uh, right and responsible thing to do, why is it then that there's a delay in waiting to test players every day until after Christmas uh, and not starting that more immediately to stop that spread?
2: Well, it's 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 only that we're shifting to a different protocol post Christmas. And that plan had been in place for several weeks. I mean, I think it's same with the rest of the country. I think I recently heard something like a a third of the country um, travels for the holiday break. That when you have additional um, travel, when you have families getting together, it requires us upping our testing beyond the already enormous amount of testing we're doing. So that's what we'll be beginning post Christmas. But right now, I mean, I'd say I, we're doing an enormous amount of testing. I, I I think it's doubtful there are many organizations, frankly anywhere, that do more testing than we and the other leagues do. <coughs>
0: Shit, that doesn't sound good. I mean, the NBA will keep moving forward. You heard from Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA with Malika Andrews on the NBA today. But dang, Ah. COVID-19 in sports. I mean, I think that commissioner hit it right on the head. Like, we got to deal with this. Yeah, I mean, it just is raging through. Man, the Bulls are good. And the NBA is always good. I enjoy watching it. I just want the players to be healthy so we can be able to watch them. So speaking of the Bulls, the Bulls got the job done against the Houston Rockets. They won one thirty three to one eighteen. The last game the Bulls played, they're nineteen and ten. And DeMar DeRozan, twenty six points. He had six assists and thirty two minutes to play. That was tremendous. And how many threes did he shoot? A zero. How many free throws? Four. the Bulls won 133 to 118. Zach Levine's out because of the protocol. But here's what I liked about this game. And I'm watching this on screen number two in the Hood Cave next to the bad, terrible, shitty Bears against the Minnesota Vikings. So DeRozan had 26 points, which is great. But then the bench help from Kobe White. Kobe, keep doing your thing, man. You know, I keep saying, yeah, here's Kobe White that could be trade bait for the Bulls for them to be able to get more size. The Kobe White, while was out uh, in the protocol, he came off the bench and gave the Bulls 24 points. They needed that offense. 24 points, 32 minutes of play. He was fantastic uh, against the Rockets on Monday. He had five rebounds and two assists. Five for nine from three. He hit the most threes of any Bull on the team. Yeah, that works. Bull shot 45% from three, and so you're getting help from Vucevic. He had 18 points, and Lonzo Ball is really finding his stroke from three. He was four for nine from three, so that's really cool. And then you're getting help from others. Uh, You know, McKinney coming off the bench with 16. Bull shot 53% from the field against the Rockets, and now the Rockets are kind of, you know, in a flux right now trying to figure out who they are, but the Bulls putting up 133 points, man, I'll take that every time. So, I really enjoyed what I saw there, but I just want to continue to underline that with Zach Levine out, here's De- DeMar DeRozan doing his thing, scoring the ball, doing a great job offensively for this team. And again, not doing it with threes. He's just getting buckets. He's a walking bucket right now. You know, earlier in this podcast, on the um, value bet portion of this podcast, you know, I was messing with Jill Gallant saying, hey, you know, we know that he's not necessarily an MVP candidate, but he really is on this team. Um, it is so funny. Our producer, Danny Zetterman, on the Cap and J-Hood morning shows, he asked in the Shot or No Shot um, segment, hey, is this DeMar DeRozan's team? And I kept saying, nah, it's Zach's team, it's Zach's team. Man, <laughs> I might be wrong about that based on what DeRozan's been doing lately. That was awesome, though. And the Bulls win 133-118. to 118. Now, will they play the Pacers on the 26th? I have no idea. One other thing about the Pacers I just want to mention Um, is that the Pacers are trying to figure out who they are. Um, There was controversy, I want to say a couple of days ago, about the Pacers wondering, are they going to tear the team down and rebuild, or will they build on what they have with Sabonis? So already some drama there in Indianapolis on what the Pacers are going to do because they're just okay and they're not good yet. Um, And so we'll see what direction that they go. Let me get to Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Bulls, talking about the Bulls' victory against the Houston Rockets. You
1: know, we were <laughs> incredibly shorthanded because he played so many different positions for us. But between Devon, Tyler, um, Alfonso, Kobe, all those guys coming off the bench, I thought really uh, provided a huge lift on, on both ends of the floor and, and a good boost for our team. And, you know, I think... It's good to see those guys' hard work get rewarded. What do you like specifically about what McKinney brings in this limited stint that he's had? Well, he's a great guy. He's a team guy. He, um, I think, is learning uh, just our system. When I say our system, just terminology, how we're playing, things we're running, and he's done a really good job of picking that up pretty quickly. Considering we've had so many, you know, so much, so much limited time together practicing. And then I think he shot the ball well. Um, he can put it on the floor. He's unselfish. Um, and then he gives you, I think, a lot of length on the perimeter defensively. And, um, you know, he, he's fit in very, very well and has given us at different, different points in time since he's been here, you know, a, a nice boost in versatility off the bench. Any early update on Alex? No, just a foot right now. That's all, that's all I heard. I think he kind of landed kind of funny. I, I don't know. I'm going to – I'll probably find out a little bit more. Uh, but I hadn't heard anything other than he wasn't going to return. So,
4: two pretty good offensive teams in the room for Booch. It yep. seemed like the way they were switching, he was pretty aggressive, kind of attacking sides, mismatches inside. What, what did you see from him at this kind of two-game stretch here something that could be sustainable?
1: Well, the, the thing I felt really good about for him tonight is, you know, when they started Wood at the five, um, you know, he's incredibly long but they switch a lot because of his versatility and and, and things that he can do. Like he can guard one through five. So I think to start the game, we got in some situations where we were able to establish Vooch in the post. And I think going inside and, you know, he played from there in that first quarter and he established himself. I I thought tonight, you know, he, he shot it. He posted, you know, he kind of got everything involved tonight. And and, and Vooch is just going to keep getting better. He, first of all, he's, He's too good of a player. He works incredibly hard. And I think he's finding his way with a new team. And I think that probably for an adjustment period for him is it's it's, it's a little bit different because, you know, he's playing pick and roll with Damar, he's playing pick and roll with Kobe, he's playing pick and roll with Zach, he's playing pick and roll with Lon. There's a lot of guys, you know, that that he's gotta get on the same page with and, and and I think our guys are figuring out, you know, how to utilize him as well. So uh, it's been good to see him, you know, at least I hope I didn't talk to him, but you know, get to your point more and more in a comfortable rhythm offensively. Okay.
4: broke out. Is it anything more than shots falling for him or was there, were there little things that
1: you, saw? you know, I, I think for Kobe, it's this, this has been really hard and that's, this is just my perspective. I'm not saying that Kobe said that and, and how I view it is, you know, here's a guy that came in and the ball was in his hands a lot. And then, you know, he has got to deal with his shoulder issue. The team totally changes. Then he gets, you know, he's in COVID protocols, and you know he's just trying to find his way. And you know you 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 take a guy like uh, like Kobe, and, and, and he's not doesn't he's playing you know off the ball a little bit more. There's there's a learning curve there, you know. And you know, I even told him tonight just to be aggressive and attack and um, you know take advantage of your opportunities. I thought he had some good looks that you know he didn't necessarily knock down, but he maintained his aggressiveness. And you feel confident enough with him as a player that you know that he's going to bounce back and i've always said he's got great resiliency and great bounce back ability but i think for him you know it's probably been a little bit hard just because of what he's done his first two years in the league it's drastically changed to where he is now and it's something he's got to learn you know how to how to work through and how to you know take advantage of his opportunities you know when, when they come but but he's been great and i was happy that he played well tonight and i was happy that he was aggressive
4: chemistry I mean, what, uh, what, what do you see
1: them right now? that right well I mean I, I think it's twofold it's one it's it's also like in the first in the first you know the first half they were switching a lot you know then they came out in the third quarter and they started blitzing and trapping so you know, I think those guys, the communication, that's the one thing that I said about, about Damar and even Vooch is that they're, they're going to talk through those kind of things when those things are happening. And I thought early in the game, uh, you know, Damar, excuse me, in the th- early in the third quarter, Damar found Vooch in kind of the pocket in the middle of the floor. And then Vooch was able to make some plays. And then there was a couple switches and we got Vooch on some post-ups off to some pick and rolls. And then there was some opportunities for Demore to play you know, in the mid-range. So uh, a lot of those guys working together is basically how they're being guarded, you know, because it's not like every single game everybody's guarding the pick and roll the same way. They'll, They'll see a lot of different coverages throughout the course of the game, and they're really good at communicating and trying to get on the same page with one another.
0: My buddy Tim Legler from NBA Radio was just recently on talking about DeMar DeRozan and how he's as good now as he ever was at his best in Toronto. And he's one of the best stories in the NBA. Here's Tim Legler from SiriusXM NBA Radio and, of course, ESPN. DeMar DeRozan,
1: without question,
0: been the best free agent signing
3: uh, so far in the league. He's He has surprised people, myself included, that he could revert back to, really, honestly, at a level as every bit as good as him at his best in Toronto. Maybe even surpassed that. This is his... Highest scoring average since 2016-17. It's the second highest scoring average of his career. And to be able to do that at 32 years old. And when you you know just had a run in San Antonio where he was still very good, but his numbers across the board came down. The volume was down. You didn't know what that was related to. Uh, minutes were down to a certain extent. And so you just think, well, okay, we've probably seen the best of DeMar DeRozan to this point. Well, that's not true because he's as good now as he was at his best in Toronto. And it's one of the best stories of the, of the league,
0: the Los Angeles Lakers are hovering around 500 in the Western Conference and again, it's still early in the season but as I was saying earlier in the podcast the one guy that you de- wanted to depend on if you're a Laker fan is Anthony Davis. You knew that LeBron James would bring it. You know, LeBron's been injured. He's also been in the COVID protocol but what you depended on with this sea of veterans. All of these Hall of Famers around like Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo and Carmelo Anthony. You were hoping that Chicago's own Anthony Davis would stay healthy and again it's early enough for him to be able to return, but you expected him to be able to kind of carry the load, uh, especially when you have an aging LeBron out there and LeBron is getting it done. Have you seen his numbers over the last 10 to 12 ball games? They've been tremendous, but here's a name that I did not mention and that is Russell Westbrook, right? Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple-Double. When he came to the Lakers, I thought, okay, he could be able to pick up the slack for LeBron when LeBron wants to take a night off, or maybe he's not shooting the ball well. Well, Jeff Van Gundy from ESPN ABC was just recently on NBA radio talking about Westbrook. Was he even a good fit for this Lakers
4: team? You are what your record says you are, right? So they're a 500 team right now. But when you go to evaluate, you also have to look at... Anthony Davis has hurt a lot. We all know that, right? So he's been out lately. LeBron was hurt uh, for a good amount of the season. And they still have, like, I think when they made that trade, they knew they had depth issues. And, you know, Ariza hasn't played. Kendrick Nunn hasn't played. Horton Tucker missed a lot uh, early in the season. So I think it's a little too early to say if they fit or not but they also do have to own their record they've they've had a very favorable schedule as has the Clippers and so you you have to like you have to look at everything and quite honestly I, I didn't know too many people who thought that was a great fit to begin with and nothing I've seen has changed my mind
0: hmm maybe the problem with the Lakers is Frank Vogel you know the head coach for the Lakers Charles Barkley agrees with me, right? Charles Barkley from TNT, he definitely thinks Frank Vogel's a problem, right, Charles?
5: You know, I, I said when the season first started, anything went bad in L.A., they blamed Russell Westbrook. They blew 25-point leads twice against Oklahoma City. Well, I said, well, wait a minute. They had a 25-point lead. Everything can't be Russell Westbrook's fault. And Russell... He's learning that system, and LeBron's been hurt. But Anthony Davis been there the whole time, and I says, now you guys want to fire Frank Vogel. I says, don't 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 do that. That's not fair. I said hey, Russ got to play better. He got to turn the ball over less. But the reason the Lakers have not played with Anthony Davis has not dominated. He has not been a he hasn't been a top ten, twenty player. And he and the thing about that's bad about it. He's got those empty calorie numbers. Now he's averaging, like, 20-something in and 10. And I said, well, no, no, no. Uh, Kevin McHale calls those empty calories. I said, you got a lot of empty calories numbers. And my job, and I, well, well, the reason I took the media to task, I said, yo, man, just do your job. Tell the truth. Don't be scared to say something about a player because you worry about him not talking to you. Because a lot of these guys are worried about it. Well, if I say something bad about a player... He's not going to talk to me. I'm like, yeah, that's not our job. Our job is to do our job. And if you think the problem with the Lakers is Frank Vogel, you just you're not doing your job.
0: And finally, this story coming across from ESPN.com regarding the 2022 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class. (laughs) I was announced at NBA today. So beyond the first-time nominees, others in the nomination pool for this Hall of Fame class, hmm, huh? Chauncey Billups, five-time All-Star, three-time All-Star NBA selection, who was the Finals MVP as part of that 2004 NBA championship team with the Detroit Pistons. All right, I'm going to give you these names. You think to yourself, are they Hall of Famers? Chauncey Billups, Hall of Fame? hmm. Richard Hamilton, three-time All-Star, member of the 2004 Championship Pistons, Hall of Famer? No. Sean Marion, a four-time All-Star and member of the 2011 NBA Championship Mavericks, Hall of Famer? No. Tim Hardaway, a five-time NBA All-Star and five-time NBA All-Star selection, uh, or All-NBA selection for Tim Hardaway, Chicago Zone. No. Muggsy Bogues, a 14-year NBA veteran who was the smallest player to ever play in the league at 5'3", five, five yes. Muggsy's a Hall of Famer just because he was short and dynamic and won a slam dunk competition. Uh, Mark Jackson, all-star in 1989, who was one of six players to record 10,000 career assists. Well, if not as a player, maybe as a broadcaster at some point? Is it too early for Mark Jackson Hall of Fame? I'd say so. I'd say it's a little early. Swin Cash, who has won two NCAA championships at UConn and three more with the Detroit Shock of the WNBA and Seattle Storm Hall of Famer Swin Cash? Yes. Becky Hammond, six-time WNBA All-Star and four-time All-WNBA selection. Becky Hammond Hall of Fame? Yes. George Carl? who is sixth all-time in NBA coaching victories, 1,175. I'm sure he'll be put in. I'm sure he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Bob Huggins, one of six college coaches with 900 or more career victories. Huggy Bear is definitely in the Hall of Fame. And so there's a couple other names for you as well. And that is Manu Ginobili. He leads the list of first-time nominees. He's on here as well. Manu Ginobili. Um... Won an Olympic gold medal with Argentina in 2004, who was the 57th overall pick in 1999 in that draft. Went on to be one of the best international players of all time. Will he be in the Hall of Fame? Mm, I Yes. I don't know about this time around, but more than likely, yes, I think he will be in the Hall of Fame. Manu Ginobili was a great player. Also, Tom Chambers. Tom Chambers had one of the best dunks I've ever seen. Can you believe that? If I gave you a top 10 of dunks, in-game dunks, Tom Chambers would be on it. I want you to YouTube Tom Chambers' dunk with the Seattle Supersonics. Nope. I think it was with the Phoenix Suns, actually. The the knees were over the rim or at the rim. I'm just telling you. It was at the rim. That's how I remember it, at least. Um, So Chambers was a four-time All-Star forward who played with six teams, including five seasons, with the Sonics and the Suns. Is Tom Chambers a Hall of Famer? No, he's not. But I'll remember that dunk, though. Just go to YouTube. Don't take my word. Just go to YouTube. Check it out. It was awesome. Lindsey Whalen, four-time WNBA champion a five-time All-Star. With all four of those championships coming with the Minnesota Lynx. She now coaches at the University of Minnesota. Uh, Whalen, Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes, she is. And so that's the list right now. I think Ginobili gets in. I believe that Lindsey Whalen gets in. I mentioned Becky Hammond. I mentioned Swin Cash. I mentioned um, Swin Cash getting in. Let's see. Bobby Huggins, George Carl will be in. What about these 0-4 championship Pistons, though? Hmm... I don't know if Rip Hamilton's a Hall of Famer. When I say it out loud, it doesn't sound right, right? Chauncey Billups, now a coach of the Portland Trailblazers, five-time All-Star. I'm sure he'll be in, but will it be the first time around? Maybe not, but I'm sure that he will be in. So that's the list right there. Give me your thoughts at TweetJHood or Instagram, Hood. Hey, happy holidays to you and your family. I'm so glad that you have joined me. This podcast, the Another Hood Basketball Podcast, is blowing up. It's getting... Um, I'm getting seeing the numbers on Spotify and also on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. I just want you to tell people that I'm talking basketball. You want to go to one place to hear basketball conversation? This is the spot right here. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. And don't forget to use the promo code WMVP. Even though we're going through COVID right now, this new strain of COVID, you have to keep your eyes on DraftKings to see what's the best bet. Earlier in our previous segment with Value Bet, it was a great opportunity to hear from Jill Gallant and get his thoughts as well about how to be able to handle these Christmas Day games. But again, go to DraftKings and use the promo code WMVP. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks so much for supporting this podcast. And we will talk soon. There's always basketball. Because basketball is hood. It's the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast.